peek into the heart of the Willamette Valley. Each month, we will bring you updates of the things happening in and around town, brought to you by the people who help make it happen. I am your host, Saber Jewel. Thank you for joining us for a bonus mini episode of Monmouth Monthly with a special guest in the studio today from Washington, D.C. Randy Cohen is vice president of research for Americans for the Arts. They believe art is transformative to a community and provides not only for social growth, but it helps with issues around mental health, provides opportunity for economic prosperity, and increases tourism. Mr. Cohen is in town presenting the survey results provided from the Arts and Economic Prosperity Survey, which is done nationally every five years. The study has shown that the arts are a $51.7 billion industry, creating over 2.6 million jobs. There's also other perks to the local economy, including the folks who come to town. They'll pay for parking, dinner, drinks, and shopping. Nationally, they're spending about $38 per person. Now, this survey was provided to patrons of the arts in Monmouth by our own Arts and Culture Commission. They collected surveys at multiple arts events in towns, including the art show at the Monmouth Public Library, Smith Fine Arts, and even at Music and the Park this year. Monmouth was one of 19 communities to participate in Oregon, and we are so excited to have Mr. Cohen join us today, and welcome to Monmouth Monthly. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So tell us about you, specifically what drives your passion for the arts. I get the feeling that this is more than just a paycheck for you. You know, really the arts, I can just say the arts have saved my life, and they have been Every important inflection point in my life, um, the arts have been there. When I was a student in school, you know, whatever was going on outside was the most interesting thing that day outside the window. But arts, it just, you know, kept me coming back and kept me interested and it, you know, gave me some confidence. You know, later in life, you know, and sort of had a little turn of health, the arts were there, you know, and, and really gave me meaning and uh, and hope um, that that there was another side to to some real health challenges. And I also read a little story about something during the pandemic where you were part of a neighborhood singing coalition and that that really kind of helped boost your spirits as well. Absolutely. We had a neighborhood sing along where literally Monday through Friday at six o'clock, any about 10 to 12 neighbors would come together and we'd sing a couple songs together. And, you know, it got us all out of the house, right? Because remember the pandemic, we were isolation and loneliness was skyrocketing, mental health issues tripled nationally. And so this was an opportunity for us to get together. We, you know, we kept our space and catch up a little bit on the neighborhood, but sing some songs together. And it really connected us. And, you know, I think it was just a uh, just very settling and grounding kind of experience. We did it for years. You know, we did over a thousand songs. I actually have on my phone all of the songs that we did for a couple of years. So how did you select which song was, was there an email chain going around and somebody picked a song and everybody had to learn it by the end of the day? How did this go? It was, um, we, you know, it'd usually start with some conversation like, Hey, you know, the issues of the day or something like that. And that would remind somebody of a song, you know, like, uh, you know, if there's dogs barking or something, or, you know, if it's raining or, you know, um, let it snow, let it snow. And, um, you know, and then we just sing along. Somebody, maybe we had it on the phone sometimes too. So if like we needed a little, uh, you know, play along. Yeah. The modern day hymnal is our cell phone. That's the way it goes. Absolutely. Now you seem to have a mantra, which is no numbers without a story, no story without a number. And that means you're the perfect person to do the job that you're doing. Have you always loved turning data into a story? You know, um, 
uh, I've always loved the power of story, you know, and as an artist uh, and trained in theater, um, it's all about story. And I'll just say, you know, as an advocate, that is the golden rule of advocacy. No numbers without a story, no stories without a number. The stories capture us in our imagination and they sort of bring us in, you know, and, and then the numbers just reinforce that, hey, you know, hey, this wasn't some crazy fluke or accident. This happens a thousand times a day. And actually, if you look at the brain research, stories and numbers touch different parts of the brain. So you're really getting a more comprehensive impact, you know, and uh, reaching folks. Fellow theater guy, huh? Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. So theater is your art of choice. Do you do any other, or do you participate in any other arts? You know, during the pandemic, a lot of people took up new art forms. And interestingly, in part of our uh, question on our national public opinion survey, 37% of the American public said, I tried a new art form, new music, new craft. One in three, I took up knitting, I will say. You know, grandmother, aunts, you know, they always knit. I always love the clickety clack of the needles and You know, as I was sitting on the couch during the pandemic and after I watched everything on Netflix and Hulu, I I didn't want to get off the couch, but, you know, I like, what else can I do? And I thought, now's the time to try to knit. And so learned how to do it. I'm not that good. I make the world's longest scarves, you know, but uh, I, it's, it's just was really a a wonderful, comforting thing and very centering and, you know, just really lovely way to uh, pass the time. So, you know, so that's, you know, very, very amateurish, but, uh, uh, but, but also very, very enjoyable. And I think about, you know, half the population is involved in some kind of arts making, you know, so. Yeah. That's a very interesting statistic about how many people engaged in something new. It's like a little renaissance, little arts renaissance. That's got to be one of the positive things that came out of that whole ordeal. That is absolutely true. You know, uh, just as like an, another example is Amazon, you know, published these articles like ukulele sales soared off the charts during the pandemic. You know, but the pandemic was so hard on the arts. You know, the uh, uh, 99% of organizations closed or suspended programming. Some never reopened. Johns Hopkins University did research that showed arts organizations lost five times more jobs than the average nonprofit. Even the Bureau of Economic Analysis was like doing an impact study on, all right, what did the, what did the pandemic do to the nation's economy? And, you know, we saw tourism get hit and hotels and hospitality. And then there was the arts, like look out below. They called out the arts specifically, you know, for 73%, you know, loss. So, and the arts have been slow to, slow to come back in a lot of places. You know, I mean, kind of people talk about, it's like, you know, arts organizations were the first to close, the last to reopen, but they are coming back and they are exactly what needs to be done in this country to really continue to help us recover socially as well as economically from the pandemic. You know, there were two big issues, right? How do we deal with people's mental health and isolation? And how do we deal with the economy? Well, arts and culture, you know, they get us out of our house, out of our homes, shared experiences in public spaces. And so, you know, there was that positive event and they connect us, right? Nobody cares who you voted for, where you practice your faith. Like, you know, we're all seeing this great arts event together. And then um, when people go out to see the arts, they also make a whole event out of it. And they have all this event-related spending. And, you know, just right here in Monmouth, you know, $18.63 per person per event, not including the cost of admission on meals and, you know, babysitting and parking and maybe a little bit on lodging. So every time we go to an arts event, 
we're also spending money at local businesses. So, you know, arts are arts are kindling for the economy as well. Now, you mentioned that in another previous interview, I heard that post-pandemic attendance were about two-thirds of the way back. To, to getting back to normal. Yeah, two thirds to three quarters. Mm-hmm. I always ask the question because the data hasn't really caught up yet, you know, but and there's a few places that have done, you know, done a little bit better. But audiences have just been a little slower to come back and they haven't walked away, but they're just slower to come back. And so that's that's, uh, you know, how arts organizations are trying to you know, deal with that new reality. Right. And you talk about how art unifies a community. It increases all the opportunities for the economic prosperity. But you also talk about the healing that happens through arts, especially with veterans, that specific group. Now, we have a high veteran population here at Western Oregon University and also a very robust presence with our with our arts on campus. Can you talk more about the healing with veterans through the arts? Yeah. So, you know, the service members in the military these days, it's it's very different than, you know, maybe the last generation where people did one or two tours of duty. And now, you know, you're seeing three, four, five, six tours of duty. Right. And so they're seeing a much higher incidence in returning service members of PTSD issues, you know, TBI, traumatic brain injuries. And so uh, we've been working with the Department of Defense, the VA uh, and some other federal agencies because they're looking to find ways to help these returning service members kind of readapt and reintegrate and heal and deal with the issues of trauma. And so Walter Reed, you know, National Medical Military Center, you know, is a, a really looks to arts and music as one of its healing mechanisms. And in fact, both patients and caretakers alike at Walter Reed list arts, you know, the arts and music in the top four effective treatment modes out of more than 40. I mean, you know, when you're at Walter Reed, they, you know, they try everything because part of it is, you know, there's no healing to be had until you can express. And not everybody wants to like lay on a couch and tell their story. Not everybody wants to take a pill or anything like that. And the arts are all about expression. So there's just, you know, it's amazing artwork uh, that you see. And so it's, it's, it's been really effective. Now, 19 regions and communities participated in this survey in Oregon. How do we compare to the other states' level of participation? And what makes our community unique based on what you can see from those numbers? It's, it's a great arts community in Monmouth. You know, I mean, you could compare numbers. It's, it's a smaller, you know, community than a lot of places. And so you'll see the numbers are smaller, but, you know, they're all just so impressive. So what we did is, you know, surveyed 11 arts and culture organizations in the community, heard back from five, and that's the numbers we go with. We don't, you know, we got half of them. We don't just double the numbers. And so what we found is the arts organizations in the community are obviously improving quality of life and, you know, they bring joy to residents and, you know, make more livable communities. But the fact is they're also businesses. And so just those five organizations had $165,000 in expenditures, right? So now you're starting to see, oh, Arts organizations are more than this wonderful cultural amenity. They're an industry. They're businesses, and they employ people locally. They purchase goods and services from other businesses in the community. And, you know, they help market and promote tourism and economic development and everything. So like all businesses, they have an economic impact. Unlike most businesses, they have what you know this event-related spending. And, again, think of the last time you went to an arts event. You know, did you like sneak out of the house, see the show and run home before anybody saw you? Probably not. You, you know, went out and 
had a meal and, you know, saw the show or the festival or the exhibition and maybe went out after that. And if you got little ones at home, you double the cost of the evening on babysitting, you know, so I think we're just the real racket in all of this. But uh, <laughs> um, so lots of economic activity. And so, you know, we surveyed 559 attendees at the arts events just right there in the city. So a huge sample. And we found the typical attendee, $18.63 per person per event not even including the cost of admission. So that's just money we're spending at local businesses. And when you add that up, you know, you see those arts organizations had more than 11,000 attendees, right? So it's, you know, the arts, they're just bringing people out, right? And then taken together, that's $210,000 in economic activity, just the audience spending. If you're a local business owner, you love the arts because it's bringing people into your business. You know, it's putting cheeks in seats and derriers and cafe chairs. So that right there is a good news story, but there's an economic impact to that as well. And so, you know, you add up all that economic activity, $375,000. And people don't think about the arts that way. They think about them as something that brings me joy and this wonderful amenity, their businesses. The impact is that, you know, they support seven jobs uh, right there in the city. They generate $179,000 in household income. That's the money we make in salaries and entrepreneurial income. So people are making part of their livings as a result of the arts, and it's generating revenue to local and state government. So uh, $52,000. So sometimes people think about the arts as like, well, yeah, we you know, we fund it in good economic times, but can't afford it in others. This study shows that arts and culture is not some black hole that those dollars just disappear into. It's giving back cultural benefits and economic benefits. And those jobs that are created, those are jobs at restaurants, hotels, shops. Mm -hmm. They're not just jobs that are created in the theaters and the places and the museums where these things take place. Exactly. You know, usually when we go to an arts event, you know, we see like, oh, those musicians. And Maybe somebody who's savvy will think, well, that must be a, uh, those musicians must be getting paid something. And look at that set design. I bet there was a set designer that helped do that. So they made, they were paid something to do that. But the fact is, arts organizations also employ accountants and auditors and plumbers and electricians and security staff and marketing people, jobs across the community. The arts are more support more jobs than just usually what we see at the tip of the iceberg. And of course, then there's also that hospitality. There's the impact of the, uh, you know, that $210,000 in audience spending. So it's a real good news story. I mean, there's it's seven total jobs, but you know, there's a number of people across the community that are seeing part of that paycheck that they get at the end of the year is like, well, that we can attribute to, you know, the arts in my community. You know, we, we received surveys from those five organizations and they had a total of um, uh, more than 11,000 attendees, you know, at their events. So in addition to how much did you spend at this arts event, we also asked them for their zip code because we want to see, do they live in Polk County? Are they local or are they from outside the county? 34% of attendees are from outside the county. And we asked those non-local attendees, why are you here? You're on business or are you here visiting friends and family? 88% said we came specifically for this arts event. So not only that, then we asked the locals, people who do live in the county, what if this arts event wasn't taking place? Would you have stayed home, done something else? You know, we gave people a list of things. 43%, close to half said, well, I traveled to a different community 
to attend a similar kind of arts event. So when we invest in the arts, you know, we're not investing in a frill or an extra. It's an industry, and it's one that draws people to the community, and those people spend money. Not only that, it's keeping our neighbors and their hard-won discretionary dollars right here in town, right? So a vibrant arts community, it's, it's, it's good for local business. If you build it, they will come, is what it seems like here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we are very lucky to have what we have in our backyard here at Monmouth, having a university in town, certainly provides those kind of opportunities. Now, and you may may not have seen anything in your time working with Americans for the Arts, but what policy changes or funding decisions have you seen as a result of these surveys and the work that you're doing? Well, we've definitely, over the years, you see, I mean, I can think of cities where, you know, the merits made steady cuts to the arts, and then the economic impact study rolls in, and we go and we present it to the Junior League and to the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, presentation to the City Council. It changes the conversation about the arts. You ask most legislators what their three priorities are, they'll tell you, jobs, jobs, and jobs. So what we're doing is connecting arts and culture to their three priorities. And I can tell you, in, in a couple of cities, you know, you leave, and a week later, you see the newspaper headlines, the mayor reverses herself, you know, doubling arts funding. And, you know, um, with the message, look, I got elected, you know, because I'm uh, creating jobs in this community. Clearly, the arts are a jobs industry. And, you know, the arts just make our communities more creative, more livable places. And sometimes there's there's little changes. You know, all of our cities, all of our counties have advisory boards and commissions, right? There's one for signs, one for roads, one for airports and all that kind of thing. Is there artists or arts organization representation on those? Because a lot of times, you know, an artist just makes good decisions, better decisions. You know, they can just bring that fresh perspective. Let's just ask the question a little bit differently. And, and so a study like this will... I tell you, you know, we just recently met, you know, uh, with a group and the city manager was there. And after the presentation immediately went over to one of the theaters and said, I would like you to be on part of our tourism board. Right. So it's little decisions like that. And the tourism board, well, they, you know, they they make a lot of funding choices and a lot of policy choices as well. So it, it brings the arts to the table. Very cool. Well, thank you everyone for joining me for this very special episode of Monmouth Monthly. My guest today is Vice President of Research for Americans for the Arts, Randy Cohen. There are so many opportunities to support the arts in our local community, from Smith Fine Arts and other programs at Rice Auditorium, through our Western University Oregon students, to our summer concert series, all the way to the Heritage Museum in Independence. There's no shortage of opportunities for you to enjoy the arts. Many programs are free to little cost and even have discounts for children and seniors. We will do our best to keep you informed of these activities on Monmouth Monthly and hope that even if you were from outside of the tri-cities of Monmouth, Independence, and Dallas, that you come and check things out right here in town. We truly are a place where great things grow. Thank you again for joining us today on Monmouth Monthly. Of course, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Joining us for Monmouth Monthly. My name is Sabre Jewel. Our music is Catching Up by Chill Study, and we record at Indie Commons, which is a co working community in Independence, Oregon. Please find us wherever you find podcasts, rate, review, tell a friend, and we will see you next month.